and welcome to Dice in a Slice, the only D&D 5e podcast powered by baked goods. My name is Joshua Gould, I am your dungeon master, sprightly cabin boy, and maestro <laughs> of adventure. Hi, my name's Jazz, and I am playing Skylar. Hi, my name's Alice, and I am playing Jonathan Hendricks today. Hi, my name's Alicia, and I play Tala, or Talassa, to the people that don't want her dead. <laughs> and we are joined today by a shared baked good. That's right, it's a dice and a slice first. We are all sharing a slice of orange drizzle cake made by my own fair hands. How is it? Delicious. <laughs> it is so drizzly. It's so nice. I mean, it's you drizzled good. Your characters may all have XP. Yay! <laughs> Dear listeners, it is not drizzled. It is swimming. Yeah. It's like an ocean of orange. It really is. Orangey, juicy goodness. And it is so good. And I can feel it seeping into my veins. I think that's the, the best way to describe the experience. But it's okay because it's orange, so that's healthy seeping. Yeah, so basically it's it's fruitcake, which means it's a health food, which means that none of us have any guilt. It's not really fruitcake. Um, orange is a fruit, fruit in it's it. citrus. Josh, you, sh- you shut your hole. <laughs> Let us have this. Orange is a fruit, it is a cake, thus fruitcake. <laughs> I've been a little bit ill, and this is really just healing me <laughs> with its seeping. Yeah, all that vitamin C. <laughs> and Josh, you only had like a small, a small reaction to baking with your new bowl. Yes, yes, dear listeners, you may remember the um, the bowl incident. <laughs> the tragedy. The tragedy. <laughs> that befell us. I really do. Um, well, you'll please know that I did buy another mixing bowl. It's smaller than the one that was before. And as I was mixing with it, I picked it up and I was being really cat-handed with it. And I thought, no, this is what happened last time. <laughs> learn. Well, learn from our mistakes. <laughs> I don't want to be a statistic. Um, no, Josh, it's genuinely so good. It is really good. It looks good. It tastes good. I like to think, you know, Tiny's um, started putting lime yeah. into yeah. the cakes yeah. to be anti-scurvy as well as healing. I like to feel it's like this. Mm-hmm. And it's because it was it was our birthday not so long ago. We've been on, we've been a podcast for over a year now. We have. Which is super exciting. I can't believe that. Hey, happy birthday, guys. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to us. And what have our characters <laughs> learnt in the past year? That everything is steadily <laughs> getting worse. Yeah, the world is in a much worse state than yeah. first thought. <laughs> and if that isn't the mood for 2020, I don't know what is. No, I can't believe that this little project that we started, as many people did, as a way to kind of cope with what was going on in the world um, that, that we've actually been doing it for a year yeah. it's it's insane all of your support is so greatly appreciated oh, so wonderfully appreciated we freak out anytime someone comments or anything or says something we're straight in the group chat like oh my god look yeah, at this literally, person if, if you even have the smallest opinion of an episode or a person <laughs> anything do you know what just give us some spice yeah. give, give mix us up it. our day a little bit <laughs> tell us what people you want to form relationships Tell us which people you want to kill off. We're here for it. Ooh, we love I'm it. so here for that. <laughs> I know that I get um, very anxious when I, I don't want to comment on people's social media stuff because I think they don't want to hear from me. Not me. <laughs> um, but actually, we really do want to hear from yeah. you. So Because um, we know you're out there. We know you're there. We, we see our listens. <laughs> Only some of them are to put our puppy Cody to sleep. How is Cody? Let's have a puppy update. Let's have a pup date. Uh, he hates that we've moved house. Great. Uh, How's the new house? <laughs> uh, it's great. We love our new house. The new house is full of a, a troublesome dog. That's what the new house is. <laughs> yes, he, he is a writhing ball of anxiety at all times because he's a border collie and he's too smart for his own good. So he's not smart enough to know that we're looking out for him, but he is smart enough to know that the world is horrible and uh, anything could happen at any moment. Are you talking about Cody or Josh? 
Uh, both of them, really. He's taken after his uncle. <laughs> the uncle that he ignores. Aww. The uncle he flat out ignores. Whenever Josh and Alicia come to see us, Cody runs right past Josh and jumps up at Alicia. <laughs> it's so brutal. <laughs> He's so excited to see her and Josh doesn't exist. So Josh, why don't you tell us what happened last time? Because you've told us that you're doing the recap. Mm. This I week. am doing the recap this week. You don't trust us. Yeah. <laughs> So last time our three heroes fought against a herd, a flock, an army, a small army, an invading force of Sahuagin. Large, lizardy, fishy type people with different weapons, some with curved wavy swords, one with a big glaive that had a light glowing inside of it, and there was this high priestess that caused everyone a great deal of troubles. When we picked up, she had Tala wrapped up in what can only be described as kelp. It looked as though our party were getting the upper hand to such an extent that the High Priestess offered a surrender. Hendrix accepted the surrender from the High Priestess, who was then killed by her own team member. Hendrix himself met... Uh, well, he didn't die, he just went unconscious. And, well, that's just Hendrix for you. Our team did eventually win the battle and went below deck to see how everyone was getting on to find that there were four more of these Sahuagin who had now been killed but had taken two lives with them, two halflings, Ty and Garrett. As this is discovered, Shimmer is healing Hendrix on the top deck while a boat approaches through the fogs. It transpires this boat was owned and run and sailed by elves from style, all of them clad in blue buccaneering clothes. Very fashionable, very trendy, very cinched at the waist. Our party talked with the elves and learnt a great deal. Hendrix learnt that the ocean is full of scary, scary sharks. Tala learned the purpose of the ship, which is to guard the waters around style from incidents such as this with the Sahuagin and other pirates, although they didn't use that word explicitly. Skylar learned a lot about his new family, Mark LeBlanc, who, by all accounts, is a bit of a rogue. High on theatrics, he's been to jail, he bought his way out. He's a, he's a model, he lost a sink, whatever that means. The funeral rites for Ty and Garrett were performed, which was very somber, and Tyler began to sing the song Bones of the Ocean that she heard when she made her way accidentally into the Astral Sea. She was joined by Emmalina, the woman who had lost an arm to a big shark and looked like a badass pirate lady. There was partying and celebrations after the funeral rites, as is the custom of the elves of style and halflings in general. And as everyone settled down for their evening's rest, Tyler received a message in her head. Very few people know that song. Those that do have known death in their hearts, yet they have returned from beyond where Mesh casts his net. So, Tala, you've received this message. Yeah, uh, it's a message so I can reply, right? Yes, so you would know through just through your life that um, you can respond to this message. 25 words or less, please. 25 words or less. Um, I've only recently learnt that song. Maybe we could talk about it sometime. I'd love to learn more. Also, I think you're a badass nice, nice. <laughs> smooth that is 24 words <laughs> um, unless you count badass as two words no it's badass one word and then my final word is going to be like a finger gun <laughs> uh, you feel as though your message has been received and read but mm. it's a spell yeah are you going to wait to see if she comes to find you Tala might hang out for a little while on the top deck to see if she does get a reply and then if not 
Tala's gonna spend the night with Tiny and she's gonna use it as the ruse of she wants to make sure the crew are okay because really she should be protecting Skylar but she'll say that she's left Hendrix with Skylar. Oh my. <laughs> Tala nearly died and she kind of just wants to like to have some comfort so she's gonna she's gonna spoon with tiny it's fair hendrix also almost died so he's gonna spoon with hendrix <laughs> hendrix is more alone than anyone else no he's not he's got a, a patron oh yeah i've got my constant friend axel yeah <laughs> no well he spent the whole like he his night was spent with emelina um just talking like yes. that was his sort of as we all paired off that was his activity so he spent the night hanging out with her hearing all her stories talking about uh life being gritty and all that sea stuff and then he's going to go um, pass out somewhere unless Tala wants to tell him that he's apparently guarding Skylar. Yeah, Tala would tell you, be like, hey, you're sleeping with Skylar tonight. Right, okay. You're taking over my guard duty because I want to hang out with Tiny. Oh, I see. So for the ruse that Skylar is a fancy man, oh, uh, I, see. I normally wouldn't leave my post, but I'm leaving you there and I'm going to watch over the crew. I forgot that I was a fancy lad, so... Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yes, sir. No, we, we have to guard welcome. you at all times. <laughs> he, he gives you a wink. He's like, enjoy your, you know, garden of the crew. Thanks, I will. He's here like, come on, Skylar. What if I want to stay up? Us with nothing interesting to do have to stick together. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. And he goes to bed. Are you going to have like a sleepover chat where you're up talking in the dark till like the early hours? <laughs> yeah, let's sit and have a real gossip session, shall we? Truth or dare, you go first. <laughs> okay, no, but what do you think they're actually up to? I, I regret starting this bit. Please move on. <laughs> I assume that where Tiny sleeps is like, the like, I assume it's just like hammocks all in one big space. Yeah. Just go, go, just go for a nice stroll on the boat and then just, you know find somewhere cute to sit oh yeah we can just we can just spend a night on the top deck just just hanging out yeah oh yeah tala tala doesn't get cold oh but tiny does get cold so he'll pull you closer to keep him warm yeah because i'm resistant to cold <laughs> you have your respective evenings i think it's fair to say and wake up with the boats by each other as they had both anchored and hooked to each other the elves are preparing to set sail, as are the halflings and humans on your boat. Nicola, the captain of the Rhapsody in blue, uh, is sort of just on, on deck, ordering his men around and waiting uh, for one of you to come and say good morning to him. Well, Tala's spent the night on, on top of the deck, so she's already there. Tala's been on that deck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. I would just like to be clear that I am not starting any of this. They had, a, they had a nice, innocent time. They did. Good morning, Nicola. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Talasa. Did you sleep well? Yeah, I did. It was a, it was a nice night. It was nice to not be attacked, you know? Ah, it is always nice to not be attacked while you sleep. Are you guys all good? We are well. We are just preparing to head off on our um, uh, expeditions, our adventures, our journeys around to protect the coast. Mm -hmm. And you are going where today? We're heading towards the island to Style. Uh, you're heading to Style to, to return the young Monsieur Leblanc home. Yeah, to take him back, see, see what's been happening. It is uh, very unlikely that he would be around this place so far from home. I know. What are you going to do when they're young? I always thought his father had more of a control over his children, but clearly this one is, is a bit of a rogue. <laughs> he winks directly at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I myself have never actually been to, to style. You got any, any tips for me? How to blend in? Uh, well, you will not blend in. This is the first thing. You are completely blue. And the House of Blue is in, in power at the moment, so 
you will not be fitting in at any point. Is that a good thing? It is impossible to tell. Great. Okay. Good to good to know. Hey, is Emmalina up yet? Ah, yes, she is, uh, and he gestures towards the prow of the ship. And you can see Emmalina there, sort of standing pensively, staring out into the ocean. Cool. Do you mind if I go say good morning? Oh, please, by all means. It is uh, free waters. So Tala will give give Nicola a kind of nod and uh, head over to see what Emmalina's up to. He gives you a uh, an elegant but short bow, Ooh. which is quite difficult to achieve. Yeah. There's a bit of a flourish to it as well, which is nice. <laughs> um, so you approach Emmalina. What does she look like? She's, she's elven looking. She has got a big scar over her face. Her hair is sort of like a blackish grey, almost like it's darker than Hendrix's, but you can tell it's heading that way. Mm-hmm. Where her mage arm is, there's like a cuff made of bronze that is sort of smoothed over to a dome. Mm. And that's where the that's where the mage arm comes out that she uses to express and, and sort of show things. Um, she's quite tall. She's about 5'11". Okay. Um, although that's 5'11 in, in the boots. And she's got about three inches of heel there. I was gonna, she's probably then around Tala's height then. So Tala would just be like, uh, good morning. Yeah, she turns and she says, oh, good morning. You are well. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yes, uh, it, uh, yes, I am well. Thank you. Can Tala do an insight check? Whatever your, whether it's your acting, she doesn't seem well. Mm. Yeah, you can roll an insight check. She seems shifty <laughs> and weird. That is a 22. From your insight checks and just general, you know, being alive, you can tell that she is trying to hide a feeling from you. You can sort of, using your guard interrogation skills you know without asking any questions you can intuit that it's probably something to do with what she said to you last night you also expect just given her general physical condition she probably lives her life in like a low-lying amount of pain all the time sort of just like a a dull chronic pain that sort of like fades into the background but is still very present Mm. in one's life um she also looks a bit chilly so tala will just say oh sorry i didn't mean to uh interrupt anything Oh, not at all. I am uh, just seeing what the day will bring, you know? Yeah. So is there anyone around? Tala might just have a look around to make sure there's no one eavesdropping. I mean, there, there are sort of crew crew members going about their day, but they're not. there's not anything um, that you should be particularly aware. Like, there's no one clearly eavesdropping. Yeah. Tala will kind of just stand kind of in the silence, because Tala's not a particularly awkward person. She's quite mm-hmm. chill to just stand in the quiet. She'll then say... So I uh, got you a message. She nods, but keeps staring into the sea. Is it something that we're not meant to talk about? She uh, sighs for a second. You see, she sort of has a has a small conversation with herself, Ooh. weighing up the pros and cons. And that's just a carryover from your insight check. Mm. And she says, um, "You should not know that song." Why? Because there is. She, she gestures at you, and then she gestures at herself. There is no way that you have been there. I mean, I went there, but only for about, you know, a few seconds, ten seconds, maybe. She squints for a moment, and then very slowly, fully turns to you. Previously, you've just sort of been stood next to each other. Mm-hmm. She turns to you, and she says, um, it will haunt you. Is is it a bad thing or a good thing? It is not a good place to be if you are not supposed to be there. It felt calm. Yes, it does. It's very calm. The most calm place. I don't know much about Mesh. I only know, like, kind of general... As you say Mesh, she brings brings a finger very quickly up to her lips and... Shh! Mm-hmm. You must not mention him. You must not mention oh. the others. Okay. You must not. 
Okay. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend or overstep. I'm just trying to kind of understand more about, you know, what it means, what it is. Talasa, the more you think about it, the more you will be there. You do not want to be there. Okay. Can I just do another insight to, or does it carry over to kind of check that, is she genuinely trying to like protect me and that she thinks it's a bad place and she doesn't want me to end up there or is she being weird? There's genuine concern on her face, but there is, there is something that she is not telling you. Mm, I don't know how to get that out of her. <laughs> I'm not going to intimidate her on this ship. You can roll me an investigation check, but use your charisma modifier instead of your intelligence modifier. Oh, okay. It's, there's not much difference. <laughs> Oh my god, it's a natural 20! Fuck me. That's, that's amazing. The conversation continues and it moves ever so slightly away from this topic of, mm -hmm. of the Astral Sea. But every now and again you, you ask a question and you get a bit of an answer and you keep asking sort of innocuous seeming questions, but eventually they paint a whole picture. Nice. To you it becomes clear that Emelina was once dead. Not unconscious or anything. Oh, oh, that's interesting. That's what Tala had been thinking it meant. She was she was once dead. And more than that, because you rolled so well, she travelled with the crew of that ship. The ship that was singing the sea shanty. Oh. She talks about them as though they were her previous crew. Right. And this comes around just by you asking about how she has travelled in the past. And every time she talks about it, she gets more and more sanguine. You mentioned that when I heard the song, mm. it was sang by like hundreds of voices in hundreds of different languages. Yes. So does that track that it's like an actual ship that she traveled with in the real world and then died on, or she died and this is a ship that exists in the place where she went, where she died? In a roundabout way, you ask her that question. <laughs> and, and you find out that in the Astral Sea, there is a ship, and it is a ship that gathers lost souls, and they all serve on the ship. Do I get a vibe as to whether this is like a kind ship co collecting lost souls to like help them on their way, or whether it's like someone in power? To put it in, uh, an, in an alignment way, this is a truly neutral thing. Okay, okay, cool. It's to, okay. to draw a sort of our world, our society equivalent, it's sort of like a version of purgatory. Interesting. Okay, cool. Cool. So Tala kind of, well, she she just kind of, obviously, I'd like I said, she picks that up kind of by asking roundabout things mm. and piecing stuff together because Tala's brighter than her stats let on. <laughs> and she'll kind of say goodbye to Emelina. Um, I don't know whether their typical thing is kiss on two cheeks, handshakes. I don't know what the vibe is for the uh, style elves. It is, it is bowing. There's been a lot of bowing you've noticed. Tala will kind of say her goodbyes, give Emelina a bow and say, I know you're out here for how many years, but I'll be in style for the next kind of portion of time. So if you have any contacts in style, I'll be there if you ever want to chat about anything. I have not been in style for longer than this boat has been. My advice to you is wear heels and only speak of Venta. Okay, well, thank you. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your time out here. I hope you guys stay well. And you, strong winds in your sails. And to you, Antala will bow and wander back over to our ship. Cool, you do so. Uh, Skylar Hendricks, is there anything you would like to get up to of the morning? Breakfast. <laughs> yes, and um, practicing my bows. Practicing your bows. No. They'd have gone and gotten breakfast and then Skylar would have been like to Hendricks, I've seen that everyone's bowing and I don't know if I, I don't, I don't know if I've got a very good bow. 
Oh, I'm sure you've got a lovely bowel. Okay, don't humor me. <laughs> if I get this wrong, we're fucked. <laughs> all right, all right, show me your Let's bowel. Let's get our breakfast and go back to our room. All right, I'll I'll roll a performance to teach you how to bow nice. <laughs> all right. And also, uh, Hendrix, I imagine, because I'm seeing Hendrix in the same coat, but, like, clean. You know, like, not barnacles <laughs> on it. It's like he's yeah. dusted it off. He's gotten his sailor skills out. He's probably spent a lot of this time on the boat dusting off barnacles. To be fair, I could get my unseen servant to do it. That's true. I was going to say, that's his job. I could just cast it and he does laundry. He, he does a 15 minute. And that's it. He, he literally, in the, in the rules, he does laundry. That's one of his jobs. You could cast a spell. Yes, you, if, you, if you wish to burn a spell to cast your unseen servant, you may. I shall. Yay! So I'm going to spend a spell on Andrew generally being my valet to get me looking uh, top notch. That's absolutely fine. Is it going to be Spectral Andrew or Tentacle Andrew is my question. Uh, preferably Spectral Andrew. <laughs> spectral Andrew. Andrew in his butlering clothes, I see. Yes. So roll me a, just roll me a spell ability check. That's a 26. Nice. I'm going to look smart. Absolutely. Andrew's going to put my long hair into a little, you know, a little black bow at the back. And have little balls on my shoes. So you begin uh, by trying to straighten up your coat, and as you're doing so, you sort of just start calling for Andrew to come and help you. And eventually, Andrew sort of appears, and you feel your coat get taken out of your hands quite um, astutely, is the only word I can describe it. Very. Andrew's gotten very haughty all of a sudden, as though he's really fallen into the butler role. Oh, bless him. You see your coat get shaken out and straightened up and you see a few of the elves as well and, and the halflings sort of <laughs> just get pushed out of the way by Andrew as he's moving this coat. Your coat comes back and it doesn't look brand new. It does look uh, crisper, Yay. but you can't tell if that's crispy. <laughs> um, it's certainly less damp. It's certainly less stained and, and discoloured and it looks a little bit more formal. Um, at that point, a, a hairbrush is picked up and sort of raked through your hair. And at the same time, a little shaving razor is sort of brought up to you in a sort of questioning way. Oh. As though, would, you, would, would Sir like to be shaved this morning? I'd trust him. <laughs> Andrew ho holds up the razor and, and seeing that you approve, begins to give you quite a close shave, a good shave. As this happens, you can also feel your hair being uh, brushed. Oh, the knots. Oh, yeah, that's not good. Oh, ow. Oh, it's nice to feel clean. This is probably the cleanest you felt in, in a fair while, Hendrix. Eventually, you are, to all intents and purposes, spick and span, uh, with yeah. a black ribbon tying your hair at the back into a very tight ponytail. Oh, well, thank kind you. Thank you, my Kuro Shitsuji. That's really hard to say in my accent. Curious <laughs> <laughs> Shitsuji Andrew. Right, off I go to teach you how to bow. Skylar, for this mm. bowing, please can you roll for me... Uh, no, Hendrix first roll for me a, a charisma persuasion check. Right. Oh, I didn't roll that well. That's fair. I suppose I don't know how to bow like a fancy man. <laughs> I got a 12. Um. So Skylar, roll me a... Just, just roll me a straight uh, dexterity roll, please. And that is a 23. That's a 23. Well, that is an excellent roll. I might not know all the fancy, intricate ways to do it, but you know what? I know how to control my body movement, so you <laughs> tell me where to go and I'll just 
at right, all add well, some stank to it. If you're a fancy man, you want to twirl your hand in front of you like, like this, this, so people can see the lace on your sleeve, and you want your other hand behind you like this, like you're about to do a, a duel and you only need the one hand. Oh. Then you want to put what pop pop one leg, pop it out, and a sweep down. Okay, almost like I'm dropping the lace, and then I catch it. Yes. Just before dance. it hits the ground. In a beautiful dance. All right. <laughs> try. Give it a try. Give it a try. Okay, so a little bounce. Little bounce. And, a, and I'm down. Oh, that's, that, that, that's a somersault. <laughs> <laughs> You're too dexterous. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. No, I can do this. I can do it. So that's them for the for the morning. It's just practicing. Sure. Also, when Tala returns to the boat, she comes in and you're both just bowing at each other. Yeah, pretty much. Tala, come join us. <laughs> Do you like my hair? Hendrix, you look so fancy. Thank you very much. I'm feeling fancy as he swirls his hand and does a bow. <laughs> what, what, is, what is with the, the bowing? Can I? Well, what? I didn't want to be caught out as not knowing how to bow. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Do you know how to bow? Yeah. I mean, the guys on the ship over there, they're all pretty kind of low-key with it, you know. Yeah, but we're high-key. <laughs> I'm fake important. Yeah. <laughs> so I need to have real important bowing so they don't know that I'm fake. But maybe having a bit of stillness makes you seem more important. Like, you know how when someone's really flouncy they seem a bit all over the place whereas if they're like still you're like oh that person's bit of status bit of intimidation mm. well tala oh. used to spend a lot of time with the royal family so i suppose oh. she knows okay tala i've been i've been practicing with the <laughs> wrong person no 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 skylar i think the flare is good i like the hand thing that you've got going okay just be more grounded in your body like there's no need to bounce around like the hand thing and then just like a he was doing somersaults okay what if i combine the two yeah, I think that's it. So I'm like super cold and like upright and tight. And then I drop into oh, a bow. Yeah, drop. catch him off guard. <laughs> I love it. I did mean to ask this. What are we going to do when we get there? And Mark LeBlanc is like, I don't have another son. Well, the thing is, is that I ain't actually going to go see him. And if you do, I'll just suggest to him that he is cool. Tala, <laughs> Tala shoots Hendrix a look that is like, oh, honey, that's that's not how that works. I love Hendrix's, I, lo I just love the implication of Hendrix being like, hey, hey, mate, just, just be cool, you know, just, uh, just be cool. <laughs> I mean, I mean, with a spell, guys. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, magic. Suggest with a capital S. Oh, I'm just saying we might not want to like name drop it too much only when we have to, because otherwise oh, yeah, word yeah, yeah. will get around, I imagine, somewhere like style. And then if we've got the obviously very important, the Blanc family looking for you, oh, we've yeah. then got to explain why we've made up a yeah. son. <laughs> I'm going to keep it quite understated. I ain't going to be going around saying, hey, everybody, check out my made up backstory. Yeah, perfect. But, you know, it's just if someone asks, I need to have something consistent. Oh, yeah. Hey, Hendrix, do you want to hear something fun? Hi. So, you know that um, sea shanty that I heard when I briefly left my body? Oh, hi, hi, hi. Whoa, this is a change in topic. What's going on? <laughs> so, Emelina sent me a message in my head last night. Right. Basically saying that, like, only people who've known death should know it and something about where Mesh casts their net. Um, so, I went to speak to her this morning and she didn't really want to tell me, but I kind of weaseled my way around it. And I think the astral sea and there's like a ship there that collects lost souls and that is like their song and emmeline has been there because she's died and somehow come back wait 
There's a lot to unpack there. I know. How does she come back? What, what, which lost souls? I don't know. All lost souls? Lost souls at sea? How'd you get there? How'd you get people back? I'm concerned it might be people who maybe don't have a strong connection with their soul. Right. Skylar is just concerned that she shouldn't go dangling resurrection in front of Hendrix! My warlock AA sponsor isn't going to approve of this. But the thing is, see, I've, I've only heard like odd kind of mumblings about mesh. I've never looked too much into them. Also, um, you're not supposed to mention them anywhere, so don't bring mesh up. And apparently in style, we should only talk about Venta. Okay, wait, wait, Tala, Tala, because you've said that name to me a few times whilst talking about this thing. And then you've told me we shouldn't mention it. No, I, I don't think it's like you say the name and then you die. I think it's just like a, it's not a widely Okay, because magically, magically it might be that she's saying you shouldn't invoke the name of, of this being too many times because it can make a connection between you and that being that might be Oh yeah, be she definitely told me to forget the song and right. to not think about it because the more yeah. I think about it, the closer to there I so get. So what I'm just okay, going to so check uh, is, uh, what? don't do any of what you're doing right now. Don't say his name, <laughs> don't tell us. Hey, <laughs> I just want to keep you guys in the loop. I want you guys to know what I know. You did the right thing. Highly appreciate it. Wish that I wasn't just repeatedly thinking that name and the song. But most importantly, <laughs> we, we all have to be Team Venta in style. So especially me and you, Skylar, we got to keep the Jarl and Luska chat to a minimum, apparently. Who? Okay, someone's going to need to give me a speed rundown of Vanna. You know the one that Pad always goes on about? Yeah, like I've heard about him. But I, I didn't really get much in the way of an extended religious education. Guys, so. you, might, do you remember my vision quest where I saw Axel fighting a bunch of gods? Yeah. He definitely fought uh, Venter at some point in that quest. Right. Can't remember exactly where, but it was quite near the top. Well, Venta did send Pat that ship after your vision quest, so maybe they did okay. Just saying, just keep an eye out for Axel-related attacks on Venter churches. So Tala, seeing Hendrix be super fancy, she's going to go into like their luggage and she's going to start like putting on her nice clothes, knowing that we're kind of be getting towards style, get her heels on so she can get used to them. Mm -hmm. She'll put on a fresh, clean white shirt with her belt around the middle to kind of cinch it in. She's got like clean, like piratey, buccaneery trousers and she's got her cool scarf that she bought. So Tala, you go and make yourself look as fancy as the two lads look. Yeah. So I'm going to hang out with Emelina. Just to, because she was cool and we hung out all last night. I'm not going to ask her about this. I'm just going to hang out with her to continue our growing mutual understanding that we're both decent sea people. I would like to roll a persuasion to make friends with Emelina. All right. You, you guys have a solid grounding for a friendship based in that you are both older members of the boat that you are on and you both are weathered by experience, although she believes you to still be a keen rookie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, roll me a persuasion check. Go on, just to, to be charming. Okay, that's a dirty 20. So, <laughs> after Tyler comes back and tells you a little bit about Emelina's life, um, Hendrix, you you sidle on over to mm -hmm. her, and and the two of you talk. What would is there anything in particular that you just want to talk about, or just you know boats, storms, the sea, life? <laughs> you know, just you know, you, you do one of those conversations where you just like you just decide that the two of you know what's up and you put the world to rights. 
Yeah, just bonding. Um, so this, the two of you, unfortunately, are only able to have a relatively uh, short conversation as they need to head off and you guys need to start going as well, said the DM. But you two are able to have a short but meaningful conversation. Um, there's a lot of levity and you leave there feeling as though you've made an ally of Emelina. Oh, that's nice. So, you finish up your conversations, you finish prettying yourselves up for the Isle of Saint. You bid your farewells to the elves of Rhapsody in blue, hoping perhaps you may see them again after a slightly nicer occasion for yourselves. The mainsail is flown and the boats depart. Fondly waving farewell, you notice a few of the halflings and the elves exchange sort of scraps of food and uh, a few keepsakes as well in a very in a sense of nautical camaraderie nice nice you guys head off towards the island of saint and pad calls up to shimmer shimmer let's go to style which sounds weird to the ear but accurately describes where you guys are headed you are in fact headed off to style is pad are we like stood near pad and near the crew you can be tala just might ask pad and be like hey how exactly are we getting in i thought you guys had that planned out no this was your guys's mission and you guys are the long-running criminals Mm There's no halflings around while Tala is saying this, no, just no, to no, be no, expressly no, no. This, clear. This, this is all <laughs> said on the... Uh... <laughs> this is the, you, you guys found this job. You apparently do this for a living. We're just here for the ride. And yeah. we're the disguise. We're the fake. <laughs> we're the entertainment. <laughs> hey, we're the distraction. There is a, uh, a short uh, in both length and where it came from, cough. Um, and you look down and you see Norma there. And <laughs> she just sort of just pulls on your arm. Tala mm-hmm. pulls you away from Pad. Are, are you guys all with Pad? Yeah. So she she pulls the three of you aside and she says, uh, "We try not to let Pad know too much. Oh, because the the, the more he knows, the more he can potentially let slip. Oh, yeah. for goodness sakes! <laughs> he's, he's a bit of a, a bit of a renegade, also. And if he knows that there is a plan, then he'll actively go against it." He'll run ahead and try to do a second better plan where he's the hero to save us all from having to do anything. I mean, I mean, you said it. So. <laughs> okay, so Norma, so just so you guys have got something covered so we don't need to be worrying or panicking. All we need you guys to do is to get us into style and we can sort the rest. You've got a pretty good way to get us in. You just got to get us past the gate and then we'll take it from there. When you say the gate, is this something that is guarded? Are we talking, we're going to be speaking to military or... Yes, in many ways. <sighs> the stories about the way the style is guarded are varied, ranging from giant bronze dragons that patrol the sea and skies oh, to uh, very simple stone gates. Giant bronze dragons that patrol the sea and skies? Right, that is a big difference. As far as I know, bronze dragons don't live in the sea, so I wouldn't be concerned. Great. But they could live in the skies. That sounds like a grandiose story. It does know? sound a bit much, doesn't it? <laughs> okay, so we don't know what we're going to face at the gate, but we're going to face something. We, we know where we're headed. We know how we should dress. And you guys notice that Norma is wearing like a very smart blue jacket. Oh, nice. Um, and if, if any of you tried to touch the fabric, you'd realize that it's completely illusory. She's, she's just wearing her overalls underneath. She's not even wearing a hat of disguise. She is just casting the disguise self spell. Nice. Love it. And you see, you see that Shimmer's robes are all like navy blue mm. and that Tiny's, Tiny's chef's clothes 
gates are all sort of variations on on blue colors but they're kind of stained they look like they've been worn they don't look pristine Aww. the only person not wearing completely blue is pad but you suspect that he will do something about that closer to the time <laughs> uh, norma continues uh so when we get there we know where we're going but the reports of how style looks we've never gotten in there We've never been able to get in, but we think we can do it this time. It's it's fine. It'll be fine. Positive thinking. Yeah. Exactly. We'll, we'll be all good. All good. Mr. LeBlanc, you give us a reason to be there. The thing about your dad's exciting. Um, good luck with that. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> is the storyline now that Mark LeBlanc is like played away from home? Oh, uh, look, look. We're I just... don't want to ruin the man's life. No, we don't. <laughs> but I'm just saying it's an option. You know what? It is going to be, it's going to be what it's going to be. <laughs> and uh, I think we just have to let fate decide. Well, that's very Venter of you. <laughs> <laughs> that's very Venter of you. I, I approve of that. Um, so we'll get in and then all you have to do is make them believe you. Hang on. I've also just realized. So we've got all of the uh, stuff. Yep. Do we have to take that somewhere specific? Are we going to be like... Well, our contact will be meeting with us. And we will be moving the things through. Uh, communications haven't been great. Okay. It's all been sort of, they said, they said. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Shortwick has been the main point of contact, obviously. Yeah. He's not here. Uh, but we know where to go. We know where to ask for. We know where to put everything. Okay. We just need to make sure that no one asks any questions. Okay, cool. I see we've got, you know, a, a series of concealing boxes and other well-made devices. Yes. Yeah. yeah, everything's in boxes. It's all it's all labeled uh, Jacques LeBlanc. No, I mean, you know, smuggling device boxes. I think we're just taking the actual boxes downstairs, Hendrix. I just thought they might have some tricks of the trade. An illusory box, you mean? Like, you know, like tiny's, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, I don't. Nothing. I don't know what you mean. No, you know how t- Tiny has a little <laughs> box that he keeps loads of beer kegs Tiny in? has a box of holding, doesn't he? Yeah, he's got oh, a yes, 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 yes. Tiny's little box. He was Tiny's hiding. tiny box. We talked about this. Uh, of course, I'm sorry. But Hendrix promised not to tell about it. So he's like, hey, Tiny's um, 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 nothing. Oh, you mean you mean the box that he, he keeps all the food and stuff in? Sure. It's kind of small. We'd have to get a lot of the fabric in there. Um, I just I just thought as your livelihood is smuggling, you'd have some gear. You would have thought. No, it's just big wooden crates. I mean, if people want to look in there, we've got the magics to to get around that. That's fine. All right. It's all good. We've got Skylar's very convincing story. Mm. Hendrix is very persuasive. I... And I can be kind of scary. So we're covered okay. on all, all angles. Right. But I just, I just got to know. I just got to know. When we actually dock, what are we doing? The contact is uh, one Monsieur Lorange. Lorange. For goodness sakes. <laughs> Is this, what is this, Le Reservoir, Le Dogs? I'm not, is, I'm this, not... is this sponsored by our cake? <laughs> <laughs> Hadn't even thought of that. Um, she, she gets out a bit of paper and very elegant writing. Um, it's in Elvish, which none of you apart from Skylar can read. Um, Skylar, she sort of shows you the bit of paper and it simply says, I will find you myself. Oh. Um, and it's written in a wonderful orange ink as well. Ooh. So what I'm hearing is we our plan is no plan. All right. So over the next couple of hours, really, it doesn't take that long for you guys to get to style. Um, you hash out the finer points of your plan. You work on your accents. You work on the dynamic between the three of you and how that relates to the crew on the ship. You make sure that Pad knows that all Pad's got to do is get the boat there and to get let everyone get everyone past the guards. And it'll be fine. 
After a few hours at sea, you see on the horizon a giant, semi-translucent, yet pearlescent orb on the horizon. As you get closer, you realise within it is a drab, monochrome city, at first appearing to be a dilapidated ruin devoid of life. Another hour or so passes, and you start to notice a few maudlin seagulls circling above the orb, some of them actually standing on top of the seemingly arcane, as you get close to it, structure. This island of style is sitting on a rock, and the rock of the island matches the stone walls and stone buildings within the giant pearl surrounding it. Oh, pretty. As though the two, the walls and the stone, are made of the same material. Distantly, you see a rowing boat with two elves clad in blue buccaneer attire draw closer. As they pull up alongside your vessel, you hear one of them cry out something in Elvish, Ah. which Skylar, you interpret as, who are you and what is your business here? Okay, Uh, so he will turn to Hendrix and instruct him on what to say back in elvish my speaking for you plan has fallen apart very quickly they'll know they'll know common yes but we don't present as common it makes sense that you would have a human who doesn't speak elvish work for you i think that tracks it's okay i can just i can just quickly say to him like you're returning home say that we're returning home Je m'appelle Claude. Yeah, that'll do. Can I roll a performance to get away with it? Yes, please. <laughs> Party of Master LeBlanc returning home. Yes, you're saying that as though Skylar had taught you what to say. Yes, yeah. Okay. I rolled a 17 to sound like I'm speaking Elvish. Um, they call up to you in common <laughs> and <laughs> say... <laughs> oh, demoralizing. That is the biggest shade. That's, oh, I hate that when you go abroad and they do that. Tal is only the teeniest bit smug that she said we should have just gone with common. (laughs) They call up in common and say, uh, and who is it that we are currently speaking with? This is Jonathan Hendricks of uh, the employer of Master LeBlanc. (laughs) (laughs) They say, uh, very well, Monsieur Hendricks. Um, You have papers for Monsieur LeBlanc. We do not know that he was away. Well, you know what he's like. We do know what he is like. This is true. <laughs> it's like, it's like. Can Tala run over to Pad and go and see if he knows what these papers would be like? Be like hey, Pad, um, they're asking about papers. Can you forge some? What's the deal? As, as, as you run up to Pad and ask him about papers, he just takes them out of like one of his bandoliers. He's like, they probably uh, want these papers there. They're to clear passage. Uh, there's one in the hold as well as a uh, passport too for uh, Mr. LeBlanc. Okay, Tala will run down very quickly and go and grab the papers. Uh, Tala, while you're running down to grab the papers, these two goons on a boat, because that's what they are, okay. <laughs> they say, uh, we do, we are aware of, of Monsieur LeBlanc's shenanigans. Um, which Monsieur LeBlanc are you returning? <laughs> so yeah, he's like, oh, you know, the young master LeBlanc. And they call up and they say, ah, oh, you are returning Jacques LeBlanc. Oh, no, no. Yes, that's kind of... <laughs> He is Although, the youngest sorry, LeBlanc. Say yes, he would know that. Let me try that again. Hendrix wouldn't be that dumb because it's not been several weeks since he made this plan. Which LeBlanc is it that you are returning? Oh, the, the youngest master LeBlanc. You are returning Jacques LeBlanc. Oui, oui. Yes, you, you. Aye, that is correct. 
very well. We, we were not aware that he had gone missing. Uh... <laughs> like I like I said, you know what he's like. But um, you know, you know, and he does not like to be kept waiting. So if we could just get on with docking. Oh boy. Oh no. Tala, you arrive as the previous conversation is sort of wrapping up, and the next <laughs> bout of conversation is about to begin. Yeah, Tala's gonna go down the ladder to to take the papers to them. She's the muscle of the group, so that seems like the sort of thing that she would do. Sure. Tyler, you uh, swing off the side, jump down the rope ladder with papers in hand, and they see this and they sort of scull their way over to you. She does it with a flourish, you know. Naturally. Roll me a performance check. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, hello. Welcome aboard. No, no, we don't need to see your papers. This place, it's the middle bit. It's where I, Josh, speak to you, the listener, about all sorts of real-world goodness. Don't worry. There are no religious conflicts here, and if you don't understand the etiquette right the first time, we won't be offended. Relax, and I think you should have a cool glass of water, freshly squeezed, of course. First, if you find yourself at a loose end on Monday and Wednesday evenings or Saturdays around 2pm British Standard Time, then I think you should check out Tempest TT Games on Twitch, especially if you're a fan of TTRPG world building, board game design, DM prep, theory chit chat and fibre arts from this theatre loving, disabled, agender queer immigrant. I've worked with Tempest a few times now on a few streams, and I would be remiss if I did not recommend you check out their streams. So please look on Twitch for Tempest TT Games for more goody good goodness. Second, I'd like to take a moment to give a huge shout out for Wicked Game RPG and to congratulate them for smashing their original donations goal by almost 4,000% and raising so much money for the Norfolk LGBT Plus Project, a small charity based in Norfolk who provides support, info and advice to all age groups that is relevant to the health and well-being needs of the LGBT Plus community in Norfolk and the Waveney area since 2007. Wicked Game RPG have just come out of their fundraising week that culminated in a 20 24-hour Curse of Strahd D&D Marathon. If you were tuned in, you would have caught Josh playing along in the 16th hour of the stream. It was a very strange time for everyone. Well done, Wicked, and we are so proud to call you our friends. Finally, a huge thank you to all that have supported us so far on our Ko-Fi. We can't wait to show you the positive outcomes that your support will have for our show. A special thanks to Benjamin, whose kind donation will go, as instructed, towards some high-quality slices. You may be asking yourself, what's a Ko-Fi? Well, it's an easy-to-use platform where you can help support our podcast and many others financially for the price of a coffee or a slice of cake if you prefer. All you have to do is go to ko-fi.com forward slash dice in a slice that's ko hyphen fi dot com forward slash d-i-c-e-n-a-s-l-i-c-e and click donate it's that easy anything you can afford to donate would be greatly appreciated and will help cover some of our running costs not to mention help us reach more wonderful podcast listeners and bakeries and hey speaking of us why not find our social media at Dice and a Slice, that's at D-I-C-E-N-A-S-L-I-C-E, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can come and chat with us about anything, from slices to dices and anything in between. We hope you're taking care of yourselves, and we cannot thank you enough for your kind support across all social media and in real life. And a huge hello and welcome to all of our brand new friends. Welcome aboard. And as always, a special thank you to Alicia, who takes our recordings, removes 
removes the bad and provides just sweet, sweet D&D. And now, back to the action. She does it with a flourish, you know. Naturally. Roll me a performance check. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. That is a 15 performance? Yeah, that's fine. You manage to <laughs> climb down, you flourish out the papers with one hand. There's a slight gust of wind, but it doesn't rip the papers Ooh. from your hand at all. But it does whip my hair, yeah. I'm it does whip it. your hair. You look very, <laughs> very epic. And actually, as you're scaling down the side, these two elven men turn to you and their jaws drop open. <laughs> and it's almost like, suddenly, life has new meaning to me. <laughs> these two men are immediately besotted. Nice. And as you climb down the sides with your hair flowing effortlessly in the wind, your muscles sort of rippling underneath your clothes, giving off this energy of a woman who ought not to be fucked with. Um, one of them, like, drops both of the oars that he's holding on to. The other one, like, yells at him to get his shit together. That's and they both so kind of nervously make their way over to you. The one not rowing, sort of almost shakily. He doesn't quite look at you. Like, his cheeks are flushed bright red as he takes the papers and he, he mumbles in common um uh, uh, th thank you very much it's um <clears throat> and he uh just turns away and looks at the papers and his hands shaking so much you know there's no way that he's Aww. actually reading anything Aww. there tala will lean into the fact that he's not reading and be like thank you so much i'm i'm so sorry i, I don't speak elvish but your common is very he good i really <laughs> should learn he he turns and like his eyes are, are big and glassy <laughs> Um, he shakily just hands the papers back and says, uh, everything appears to be in in order here. Um, ad ad allow us to... Uh, he looks back at Tala and then looks away again. The enchantment on, on the boat so that you may enter and, uh, uh, and somebody will meet you at the dock to... Uh, and he, he just... P perfect. <laughs> what, what, what is your name? My name is Pierre. Pierre. Well, thank you so much, Pierre. It has been a pleasure to meet you. Uh, thank you. And Tala will make her way back up the ladder, kind of waving. <laughs> they stand there dumbfounded. Oh, bless them. You're such a fashionable colour, Tala. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm in. I'm new and I'm weird. <laughs> Eventually, they snap out of their stupor, their enchanted stupor, and lay their hands on the boat. You hear them sort of just chanting a song. It sounds like a passphrase that is then almost magically absorbed by the boat on the prow so that you guys can enter past the force field that surrounds the island of style. So Hendrix kind of like will gather us into a group of friends aside huddle and be like, so it looks like you exist. Yeah. And you're not <laughs> and you're not currently away. Well, that's convenient because I'm not. We could maybe make Skylar look like, hey, Pad, Pad. And Tala kind of <laughs> nods at Pad. Pad. Pad saunters over. Pad, why didn't you tell us that Jacques LeBlanc was a real person? I've never been to style. What? Shit. None of us have been to style. I thought you said you knew style because you're fashionable and you made a whole thing about it. No, I know Venter. I know about style. Oh my god, Tala oh rolls her eyes because Pat has absolutely god. been speaking about style as if he's been there. <laughs> hey, hey, just because you're from Nakoti, it doesn't mean that you know everyone there anyway. No, but she's been to Nakoti! I would know who the big famous, like, I know who the important people are, and Jacques LeBlanc sounds like an important guy. It's a small island. <laughs> yes, so even more yeah. of a reason to know everybody on it! Exactly. It's a big island. Oh, I don't know. Okay, right. Do we want to make some kind of weird fashion choice of, like, like some kind of scarf or something like a big hat that maybe is so floppy Ooh. it covers your face maybe what about a mask i'm just putting it out there it's a whole commentary on like 
Who are you really? Yeah. Okay. We don't know whether Jack LeBlanc's figure is more like Tiny's than yours. That's true. Tyler can't help but look over at Tiny and be like, oh God, he's so buff. <laughs> Just for a second. <laughs> There's no time, Tala. There is no time for you to be thirsty right now, Tala. Tala, roll a deception check for me. Oh, who am I decepting? Everyone. Because Tala's going to wink directly at Tiny. <laughs> Oh, roll, roll me a deception check at disadvantage then. <laughs> Why hide it? Why hide it? So that is proud. a five on a deception. Um, you guys know that the second anyone starts talking about bodies, Tala's eyes drift over to Tiny's and like what? her mouth falls open a little tiny bit and she tries to wink. It doesn't go great. <laughs> um, she winks with both eyes. How dare you? <laughs> to be fair, I did say Tiny's body. Yeah, Tala's not like a hound dog. Because Josh, Josh is like, as soon as anyone mentions any bodies, you look at Tiny. It's like, no, as soon as I said Tiny. Hendrix specifically mentioned his big bulging muscles. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think he did. Those weren't my words. <laughs> what if we get Skylar like, maybe go for more drink less cinchy so figure is kind of elusive we can do some face masking and stuff okay, we also okay. have the small problem of what if the real Jacques LeBlanc is still in the city we're gonna have to make sure they're not in the same place at the same time how about um he's a different Jacques LeBlanc he's Jacques Pierre he's Jacques I don't think we need to worry Henry I think Henry fuck Henry. me Henry <laughs> I don't think we need to worry about Henry. I think it will be fine. I was so tired. I'm crying. That was so especially sick. Don't worry. It's like, oh, shut up, Henry. Okay, well, I think it's because Tyler calls you Hendy that my brain just like missed a bit. Um, I'll try that again. Fuck me. Um. Look, I, I think it's one of those things that, unfortunately, we picked a fake name. It happens to be a real person. We're just going to have to, I think, go in mm -hmm. and blag it. We can do what we want to kind of mystify Skylar's look a bit so he's not, you know, right? It's Maybe? True. I'm sorry. Sure. It's not my fault that someone else has got my name. Yeah. That's true. I ain't, I ain't claiming to be someone I ain't. I'm just saying I'm Jacques LeBlanc. Different Jacques LeBlanc. Yeah. Exactly. We're fine. This this is this is fine. Tala this is says. Fine. She is concerned deep down, but that will serve nothing. There's nothing we can do at this point. I think it'll be fine. I think we're just gonna blag it. So we're gonna keep sailing into style. Everyone roll me a perception check. That is a seventeen for Tala. I rolled a one. <laughs> Plus what? So, yeah, so that is a ten. Is it because we've covered Skylar's face so he can't see yeah. it? <laughs> you put a big floppy hat on me. Yeah. It's so funny. Um, I, unfortunately, got a four. So, Skylar and Hendrix, you are both too concerned with giving Skylar a convincing face covering. Tala, you're looking over the side of the boat, as you often are. Mm -hmm. You see the water. You liked the water. Remind me, you got 17, wasn't it? Yeah. Just below the surface of the water, you think you can see through the mud and the murk, you think you can see what looks like a stone moving very slowly along the bottom of the ocean. You guys are moving much faster than it. Moving in the same direction as us or the opposite direction? Neither. Perpendicular to you. So moving... Almost like across you. And it looks like a... How big a stone? A big stone. Is it moving like a, like a sea creature would move? No. It's moving as though it's walking along the seafloor. How far down is it, approximately? It's hard to say. From your estimations where you are, 
it looks to be about as wide as uh, Rob and Bob stood next to each other. Ooh. Like two ogres wide, perhaps, you think? Hey, guys, there's a rock-looking thing down at the bottom of the ocean, and I kind of want to go see what it is. It's moving. Ooh. I'm going to try and think to it. Okay, Hendrix, you extend your mind, and you find lots of fish, but you can't find a huge stony thing. Okay, I can't find it with my telepathy. I don't know if it's sentient. Pad or crew, do any of you guys know what this could be? Is it like a security thing? Uh, the crew the crew will get to the side and look over, but they sort of just turn and shrug. Do you guys mind if I just like dive down and go investigate quickly? Knock yourself out. Okay, Tala will just tie a rope to her in case the worst happens. Okay. Tala's just gonna Pocahontas-style leap off the side of the ship, nice. straight down into the water. No ladder necessary. <laughs> so Tala, you dive off the side like a badass. As you get below the surface, your vision clarifies, as though you can see better underwater than you can above land almost. Yep. And you can see pretty much to the bottom of the ocean floor. Mm-hmm. You can also see this huge metallic looking behemoth. The bronze dragon! Not quite a dragon, more- I'm imagining a giant woodlouse. I don't know why. Not quite a woodlouse, I'm afraid not. <laughs> more like a human or a, perhaps a gorilla that's moving sort of on its, on its knuckles and feet along the bottom of the ocean. On its back is like a large shield almost, that appears to be made of bronze. It's oh. been tarnished from years and years of being under this salty water. I assume that there are fish and things around. There are. Am I able to ask them what it is? You'd have to swim a bit closer. A lot of the fish seem to be in the wake of this thing, sort of feeding on whatever's being stirred up by its movement through the silt on the bottom of the ocean. Can I swim stealthily? I have an, I've, I feel like it's probably just a guard of the city to stop people coming in underwater, but I just want to check. You can go down. Um, roll me a stealth check. That is a 15 on a stealth. You get down there quite easily. And this creature doesn't seem to notice you. Mm -hmm. Or if it does, it doesn't move to you. As you get closer, you realise that in its arms, it like as in built into its arms, you see constructs that look kind of like axes and hammers. Mm. But you're able to get into the wake that it leaves behind, into the almost trenches that have been dug by its it's patrols, you assume. Mm. And you're able to get near some fish. So, simple idea. What's that? Tala says to the fish. The uh, the idea that's conveyed to you is uh, gives food. Does the the creature have any kind of markings of the city of style? Like emblems? Is there something on the shield? It's covered in barnacles and mussels and other sort of crustaceans and bivalves. It's hard to make out any detail on the outside of it. Okay, I'm not going to try and talk to it because that sounds like a dumb idea. So I'm just going to swim back up. Hey, if you want to try and speak to it, you can. But if it's a garden that thinks I'm coming in and I'm not meant to, then I could start a fight that I don't want to be in. That's fair. Can I roll like insight or something? Just kind of use her general knowledge to see like, does this make sense that style would put a guard to stop people coming into the city? You can roll me a... Through the sea. You can roll me a history check. <laughs> That's a five. Tala, I cannot stress enough, you have never seen anything like this in your entire life. What the fuck is it? So it's like a gorilla. But it's made of metal? Oh, the whole thing is made of metal. All of it's made of metal. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, Tala doesn't doesn't anticipate she'll be able to communicate with it, so she is going to leave. Oh, I should also say, as you get close to it, you realise it is not 
two robs and bobs wide. It is in fact four robs and bobs wide Ooh, and boy. four robs and bobs tall. Jeez, that's a lot of robs and bobs. And as you look off in the distance, you can see another one following a similar sort of path. Yeah, Tala's going to go back up to the boat. She thinks these are just guards of the city and she does not want to start a fight with a metal giant. Hmm. You make your way up. Okay, so you know Rob and Bob from The Last Hope. Yeah. It's like four of them wide and four of them tall. Oh, um, boy. It's entirely made of metal and it's got like weapons built into its arms and it's got like a big shield. There's two down there kind of just walking the same track. I imagine they just guard the city. I didn't want to try and communicate with it because, you know, I don't want to die. Yeah, that's that's fair. But they are super cool. Do not want to get on the wrong side of them. Mm. I mean, Norma, you'd love them. They're, they're very weird, but like cool construction. She kind of gets out a notebook and starts writing things down. <laughs> so the boat moves on, sallying forth now that Tyler is back on top. As the prow of the boat approaches this huge arcane force field with its pearlescent covering. The second the boat touches it, you see this yellowy golden light starts to emanate from the points of contact as this sphere starts to move around the boat. More specifically, the boat starts to move through the sphere. Mm. And those of you nearer to the front will see first that as you get within the sphere, it's very bright here. And the brightness is not from the sun overhead, it is a clear day, it is bright. The brightness is coming from the silver and gold and bronze buildings. Wow. Standing on top of the perfectly white sandstone of the Isle of Saint. With huge metal buildings designed to look like flowers in bud and in bloom. And you see some of them changing and moving as though the residents have decided that they've had enough light and wish to sleep. Oh my gosh. Creating darkness within the buildings. That is so cool. Before you, you see a pier rising out of the ocean, created of some silver metal. The water effortlessly glides off it. In spite of all this beauty, these wonderful, marvellous architectural marvels, this is not what catches your eye. What catches your eye are the mechanical men walking towards you along Ooh. the pier. And the huge mechanical ape-esque things on the pier, picking up huge boxes, picking up huge boats, and loading them onto storage and dry docks. Mechanical people soaring through the sky. Small, tiny little clockwork beings that scurry across the piers. Oh, fuck. You are met with a distinct lack of organic life in front of you. Oh. With the exception of a single elf stood at the end of the pier with their arms open wide welcoming you to style. I don't like none of this. What is Norma's face doing? Yeah. <laughs> Norma's eyes are huge. Tyler, roll me an insight check. Oh. oh my god, it's another nat 20, so that's a 25 to another look at 20. Norma's little face. Oh. And everyone else, everyone else roll me an insight check on Norma as well, actually. I got a 19. Nice. I got a 5. I'm too busy freaking out about these um, 
non-human non things. It makes sense. He hates it. He's a Yarl follower. Yeah. I imagine for Skylar, this is so far removed from anything that he would ever even like dream yeah. of seeing. Mm -hmm. It's the definition of unnatural. Yeah. And so he does not like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Tala and Hendrix. Norma's eyes are wide. Her mouth is slightly open. She looks terrified. <gasps> oh! Hey, Norma, are you okay? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. She's lying. Mm. What's up? What's up, Norma? <laughs> Should we be worried about these things? Uh, no, it's it's just, uh, it, it's more than I thought it would be. Yeah, I wasn't imagining all this technology. No, me neither. Um, it doesn't fit with, like, the floaty fashion aesthetic I kind of had in my brain. Aye, I was expecting a very, very different time. Yeah. Mm. I guess this is why they don't let people in very lightly. Yeah, no Norma is absolutely dumbfounded. Is this a professional sort of horror, or should we be afraid, if, if you know what I mean? It's a, a professional horror. Okay. okay. This is more than I thought would be here, certainly. Um, I, I'm going to go below deck. And she, and she just sort of... Walks quite slowly, holding onto the side of the ship. Oh. She she walks down below deck. Skylar is just in a state of just pure horror. Yeah, this goes against every part of his religion. It's, yeah, like Tala's seen wealth, but this is such a big display of look what we've got, and it's all unnatural and man-made. Mm. Are there any real birds flying around? Out of curiosity, you said they were like mechanical ones. Not mechanical birds. These are these are like humanoid size. These are medium sized. Oh, they're humanoid. Wings that are that are they're like they they look humanoid. Um, they've got like butterfly wings basically. Oh. Um, but there are there are real birds here. Okay. Thank you for asking. There are flocks of brightly coloured birds that fly around. Accompanied by, uh, I mean, there are some crows. There's always going to be crows. <laughs> Uh, but there are also butterflies, and you think you see a dragonfly, which is weird, because they don't live at sea. Wow. If you were to look over the side, you would see a beautiful multicoloured coral reef filled with fish. Aww. And actually, as, as you look closer and closer at the island, certainly as you draw near, you see now, like, aside all this very elegant metalwork, there are, mm. there are areas with... with lush trees you know individual trees that stand there and they're they're rich and ripe and heavy with fruit you see things that they're either huge cherries or surprisingly small apples you can't quite tell which oh and sort of amongst all this metal you do have these moments of of elegant nature but it's where it's supposed to be that is the intention everything here is exactly where it's supposed to be even the marble is perfectly white. Natala, you've spent the most time in Nakoti. There's there's marble in Nakoti, but not on the level of this marble. No. The marble in Nakoti is kind of grey, almost oh, yeah. like boring and dull. This this marble is brilliant, with red veins that sort of dart through it. Tala kind of instinctively just starts like smoothing what she's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone on the okay. boat feels underdressed. Uh -huh. Hey, we're good. Guys, we're from out of town, okay? Let's just lean into the... And they are gonna know. Yeah, but that's cool. We can be interesting, right? Tala's almost like pep-talking the group, but pep-talking herself. Like, yeah, this is fine. Yeah. We'll lean into the strangeness, right? As the metal <laughs> pier draws close to the boat, a few of these mechanical men, for lack of a better word, walk down the pier. 
with uh, ropes in hand, as though to you know bring the boat into dock. Mm-hmm. And Pad looks to you guys, as though saying, "Are we stopping off here?" Tiny. Yeah. Do we need to take the boxes like with us, or do we dock? Monsieur Lorange will find us. So do we need to take all the stuff with us? We can't leave it here, can we? Oh, I I think we can leave it on the boat. You think? That should be fine. Okay. I guess so. Okay. It makes sense, doesn't it? Okay, yeah, so Pad, so we'll we'll leave the luggage and we will come back for it. So we'll dock, right? Hi. Yeah. We came here to dock, we'll let's dock. Pad brings the boat across and uh, lets out the orders to slow the boat speed to allow it to stop and dock. As it does, the metal pier leads up to the side of the vessel on a perfect curved staircase. The stairs come up to the side of the boat and the boat stops moving, as though something below it has held it up above the waterline. So Tala will kind of just stick close behind Skylar then and do as she would with the prince back in Nakoti. Very well. Yeah, Hendrix is going to walk like beside Skylar. Yep. Okay, so I step off the boat first. Heart in my throat. <laughs> you step off the side and you walk down the steps. You've never stepped on anything like this before. You hear your heels, because you are wearing heels, make contact with this metal, and it lets out it lets out that very clunk, 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 clunk nice. sound as you walk down. I presume that you're all wearing heels. Hi. Uh, yeah. yeah. I've got my little court shoes and my little ribbons. Tala's got like a chunky heel. How many inches of heel? Whoa, to give you some context, think? Nicola had five inches of heel. Oh, oh shit. wow. Wow. Can't imagine I have to go on higher than she. Tala probably has like a chunky four inch. Okay. For stability. Yeah, I'll go I'll go with a I'll go with a four. I've got good uh, acrobatics. Four inch, okay. I can make this. Okay. Um Tala. Skylar and Hendrix, please make me a dexterity saving throw. Do I get advantage? Yeah, you can have advantage. Seventeen. I got a I got a gentle fourteen. <laughs> Twenty-six. Skylar, you step out as though you've walked in heels every single day of your goddamn life. <laughs> oh, these actually feel real good on my calves. Heels actually <laughs> walk under you. Like, you're just there. The heels do the movement for you. It's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hendrix, you step out. And while you are not accustomed to walking in heels, you are very trudgy and drudgery. Walking in these heels gives you a sense of power. You feel more powerful. You feel a little bit better. You feel like your your chest is up. Your entire posture has changed. Right. You're no longer like a damp warlock who's kind of upset with his lot in life. You are You are a powerful being. My steps feel like they've got a bit of purpose. And you see you see Skylar walking effortlessly as though Skylar had, had always walked in heels. And you don't remember a time that Skylar wasn't in heels. It's weird. All that time where he was scurrying over trees. Was he doing that in like <laughs> stiletto heels? <laughs> Tala, you step out behind these two and you don't fall over. You're a little bit uneasy at first. It's been a while since you've walked in heels. This is so unnatural for Tala as well. I imagine she's much more of a barefoot kind of yeah. gal. More than anything, Tala, you're very aware that you don't feel very grounded. Mm. You feel kind of off balance. And this this metal beneath you as well is an unusual sensation. And the sound of it puts you off a little bit. Mm. And every step that everyone takes seems to be unfairly and unreasonably loud. Nevertheless, you're able to follow behind. Without falling over. Tala's muscles haven't done this in a while and she's like, oh, this is... Exactly. Like like is, for the mm. boys, this is new and exciting and they're kind of feeling empowered by it. For you, it's kind of drudgery. <laughs> yeah. Here I am in, in goddamn heels again. 
But you all make your way down the stairs and head towards the elf at the end of the pier. They have shaved hair on one side, long black hair. It's kind of like at cool angles, like a... It's kind of like the Sydney Opera House, their hair. It's like big nice. big yeah. black curves, big statement curves with their hair. Nice. They've got a wonderful blue jacket with big frilly lace ruffs at the cuffs. Like a very a very Georgian aesthetic, mm. basically, is the best way to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with these, with these tight trousers. The look that you guys have is pretty spot on. Perfect. And as you walk down uh, this elf in the middle, they spread their arms open wide and say, oh, Welcome back, Monsieur Leblanc. It has been it has been far too long. Thank you so much for deciding to join us. And there's just a big smile on their face. Tala puts like just a hand on Skylar's back as like a comforting thing, like, you've got this? We're good. Mm-hmm. You're okay. So he's just like, Why why yes, it is <clears throat> Why yes, it is good to be back. We will have you home to your family as soon as possible, but first we must go through the obligatory checks. Sigma five. (gasps) And uh, one of these humanoid automatons that are flying through the sky. I hope hope these aren't the fashion police. (laughs) This being known to you as Sigma five comes and lands behind this elf. And it's, there's a very definite, like a, a doom. To us, it'd be like a magnetic settling. There's no yeah. bouncing. There's not actually any shaking. There's no dust that flies up. And the wings don't move at all. They're just oh, there. And they glow fuck. ever so slightly. Like a, almost like a lilac-y lavender colour just pulsing through them. Yeah. And uh, Sigma 5 doesn't say anything. The elf says, um, now, Monsieur Leblanc, uh, you are aware of the, the, the processes here. Of course. Uh, but perhaps your, um, perhaps your retinue, which is actually a French word, perhaps your retinue are not so familiar. So if I could ask the human and the uh, a sea elf? My name is Talassa. I'm a triton. The pleasure is all mine. Um, if you could ask your retinue to speak when they are spoken to and to extend their hands towards Sigma 5 so they may receive the mark, this is, this is appreciated. Tala's like, ooh, okay, okay. They are saying all of this in common. Uh, Tala will kind of look to Hendrix and I guess like walk with Hendrix forward if Hendrix is going to go. Yeah, we'll go towards Sigma 5. Do you extend a hand towards Sigma 5? We're going to get we're going to get branded. Yes. <sighs> yes. Uh, which hand? Right hand. Left hand. Cool. You do so. Uh, Sigma 5 extends both of its hands and places them over your wrists. The two of you feel a sensation. It feels it feels like your wrist, and only your wrist, has been put in jelly that is undulating around it. Oh. And when Hi. Sigma 5's hands come off your wrists, you see a band of blue has been placed around it. There doesn't appear to be a seal or anything, and it's very close to your skin. What, like those festival bands that you get that you then can't get off? Sort of like a festival band, but made of a made of a Gross. thicker material, almost velveteen. Oh, okay. And Skylar, the, the elf comes up to you and off, just offers a hand as though to shake your hand. Okay, well, I, I shake as though everything is fine, but now I start to have a low-level panic um, because what about bowing? <laughs> what about bowing, indeed? Uh, you shake their hand 
and the elf takes out a small bowl and a uh, like a, a silver needle and says, uh, if you please. <coughs> Roll me an insight check, Skylar. See if you can work out what he wants to do. He wants your blood. He wants my blood. He wants my blood. An insight check. Here we go. It's an 11. Uh, yeah, he, he wants you to put some blood in the bowl. No. Ooh. They're going to check my blood. <laughs> Is there any way I can get around this? Play, play the status card, you know, like the don't you know who I am kind of vibe. Uh, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'll go for a deception. Cool. Pulling rank. Okay. Uh, yeah, roll deception. I rolled a nat one. <gasps> no! no! Oh, it's so juicy though. <laughs> This has gone poorly. The elf's face goes from one of homeliness and welcome to one of discontent. Oh boy. As they say, oh, Monsieur Leblanc, how, how could I forget that you are so frightened of blood? Just like your father, I suppose. And uh, he says, please avert your gaze. <gasps> and he turns with his back to you, his your left hand in his left hand oh. you feel a pin prick in your index finger oh, and it, you feel actually like a surprising amount of blood come out of your finger for oh. a pin prick and you can oh. hear it sort of just like drip 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 dripping into oh. the into this bronzy brass bowl the elf goes to hendrix and tala and taking a like a small it looks almost like a, a tiny palette knife, like like artists use to to mix paint. Mm -hmm. it takes a tiny palette knife and spreads a little bit of Skylar's blood across your wristbands. Can I roll Arcana to know what he's doing? Because I feel like this isn't the first time I've seen blood magic. You can roll. You can roll Arcana. Absolutely. This isn't the first time we've played pass around the blood bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, put your blood in a bowl. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my kind of party. <laughs> okay, that is a 24. 24. Ooh, nice. This uh, seems to be some sort of tracking ritual or association ritual. Uh, to check who we are or to just make sure we all stick together? To know who you belong to. Could you clarify what that means? Well, Hendrix, the whole thing sort of smacks of divination magic. Right. Okay. There's like a taste of it in the air. You feel like because they're using Skylar's blood, on your wristbands, you're being marked as his property or his responsibility. They're, they're marking us. That's you've, okay. You've, you've been marked as, as Skylar's responsibility more than anything. We're foreigners. Oh, right. Okay. So he'll give you guys both a look to just kind of try and imply to you guys, this is fine. You know? Okay. I imagine All Tala right. kind of gets the vibe. Like she doesn't understand any of the magical connotations, mm. but the marking she kind of just picks up on more of a nature level as opposed to this is divination magic level yeah so she stays calm she's got hendrix <laughs> yeah it's like if the if the warlock seems chill it's like okay this, this is fine whatever this is yeah they're just very touchy about outsiders and are making sure that we don't mess up okay once the warmness of the band has died down the elf then turns back to skylar and says uh now, Monsieur LeBlanc, I hope you will remember our rules and and tell them to our friends, yes? Of course. Very well. Uh, roll me a deception check, Skylar. Just one more. Uh, twelve. You, you respond like, okay. And they say, um, about magic, these rules, not the ones about heels. It is nice to see you're all wearing them. Uh, oh, oh, of, of course. Um, but you are so eloquent. Why don't you... 
you know. This is true. You have massaged his ego. Congratulations, you've found his seam. Um, <laughs> this is true. He turns to Tala and Hendrix. They put their hands on their knees and duck down ever so slightly because they are quite a bit taller than the two of you. Ooh, how tall? Uh, well, they are in seven-inch heels. Nice. Uh. So they are about six foot seven. Wow. Okay. Oh, sorry. I'm going to say Tala's in f- like four or five-inch heels, but they've got a platform so that she's her, her foot isn't super angled, but they've still got the height. Mm. Sure. More comfortable. They put their hands on their knees and sort of get to your eye line, which isn't far to go, but enough to feel patronizing. I stand up straighter. <laughs> Tala has this like perfect stony face mm-hmm. of like, I'm going to receive this information and there is nothing on her face to show her disdain. Mm-hmm. And they say, uh, now don't do any magics, okay? No arcane magics, none of this here, please. Because it will upset the globe and it will upset our friends here. And you do not want our friends to be upset because we work very hard to make sure that they make our lives very comfortable. Okay? So, no magics. Okay? <laughs> Hendrix just bows his head because... You know. Did he specifically say no arcane magic? He did specifically say no arcane magic, yes. Is Tala able to, like, signal to Skylar that ask to speak and ask a question. Yeah, he'd kind of, you know, sort of bow his head a little and, and mm-hmm, nod mm-hmm. and gesture that permission given. I assume that the, the the person sees this. Yes. So that Tala doesn't look like she's speaking out of turn. Wonderful. Mm. So Tala will just say, what about magic that does not come from the arcane, you know, nature abilities? It is all right to cast things that are of our nature this is not magic this is this is life okay this is blood and they hold the bowl up and slush it around and a little bit drops down the side of their hand yeah um they don't Mm -hmm. acknowledge it okay tala just does like a kind of small head nod as if to say she's she's understood because her magic all comes from her nature none of it's arcane in any way hendrix roll me an arcana check oh i did not do so well i think i was too busy watching blood swirling around you know how Hendrix has a lot of weird missing time from when he was in the Skraxel, the caves? Yeah. Very organically in my head as he, as the guy was like swirling the bowl around and it just dripped down his arm. Hendrix had the random phantom like wants to lick the blood and it was like, <laughs> I've never had that before in my life. <laughs> that's concerning. So, so he's like, that's a buried memory we just leave buried deep, deep down. <laughs> Whatever I used to do when I was in this <laughs> continent, we just forget it. What happens in Luska Axel stays in Luska Axel. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, it was such an immediate like, yes, lick the blood off his arm. Wait, no, don't lick up blood. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> um, uh, and because of that distraction, I only got a 10 arcana check. Uh, you know that all of your warlock magic is arcane oh yeah yeah as this interaction sort of comes to its end the elf says uh and you may call me laver of house laver did they say that to skylar i assume yes to skylar yes <laughs> tala's like hendrix and i are not getting the f- the name the name given to us no we may not we may not call him laver of house laver <laughs> uh, and i i presume monsieur leblanc you are able to find your way to your home it is almost the time for curfew. The sun is still high. Of course, of course. Though we have, um, we have some people that we wish to meet, so we will be heading that way. And then, yes, of course, I will be heading home. Yes, absolutely. They sort of bow their heads slightly to the side, and uh, turns to Sigma Five and says, "Please, would you make sure that the Theta series are able to help our friends?" Thank you. Oh, yes, thank you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you very much. Yes. And as as they say this to Sigma 5, 
their wings, the colours sort of pulse different ripples, different colours, you know, like a weird pattern that you can't quite discern. And then there's loads of these small and tiny creatures of, of various different shapes. Some are just boxes with like little legs, some look like mice, some look like little little toy, like the little toy robots, you know, that like the 80s ones. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Some look like little little uh, arcano mechanical horses. It, just a myriad of different tiny clockwork creatures come along and stand around you. He, Hendrix eyes them with concern. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't scared of these robots when they were just like big city guards because he was like, everyone's got, you know, siege yeah. protection or whatever. But like now that it's like they're doing security checks and they seem to be involved in everyday life, he's thinking like, for one thing, he's like, this is the least venter thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. They've got so many rules here. They've got all these mechanical slaves yeah, it's not very enforcing up to fate, the it? rules. Yeah, it's so not venter. After all these, what are essentially clockwork toys, appear around you, uh, Laver says, now we will take your bags and the rest of your crew, of course, are welcome to come and stay. Well, I, I presume your father is expecting them, Monsieur Le Bon. Yes, of course, of course. Very well, we shall make sure that all of the luggage, all of the cargo from your vessel is escorted to your family home. No, no, well, we have more travels to go on, so some of the things will need to be there and some won't, so we shall handle that ourselves. Now, Monsieur Leblanc, I must disagree. Your poor mother has gone mad with worry, wondering where you could be. I would like to pull rank. Is Tala able to kind of like stand a bit taller and a bit more intimidatingly to give Skylar help in his pulling rank? Yeah, Tala, roll me a strength intimidation check. And Skylar, what's the angle you're pulling directly? Uh, He's actually going to go with the angle of you presume to know mine and my mother's relationship. Okay. It's a 25. 25, yeah. Skylar, you may roll a persuasion or deception, your choice, uh, at advantage. Let's go with um, persuasion. Dirty 20. Ooh, yes. Yes. He just he just very firmly and very sharply goes, do not assume to know the relationship between my mother and I. They look at you and then look at Tala behind you. And there's a sort of a, almost like a wry smirk across their face. It says, very well. I trust that your vessel will be properly unloaded by yourselves and they clap and all of these little uh, Theta series drones like scurry off again. Almost like woodlander creatures swarming around. Thank you very much, Lever. Just be aware that uh, your boat will be put into storage soon. This is not something that I have control over. And you look over at, you look over at, the, uh, at the, the black and white vessel and see that it is being like it is held out of the water on a pair of like giant clamps. Thank you very much. We understand. As you say that, they take a bit of parchment out of their inside pocket, unfurl it, and show it to the three of you, but most pointedly to Skylar. You see a poster that says, Missing Jacques Leblanc. <gasps> oh, no. Substantial reward. And there is a perfect drawing of Skylar's 
face. <gasps> and that's where we're going to leave it. Oh, oh what the fuck? my God. <laughs> Why shouldn't our crew use arcane magics? What's going on with all these mechanical marvels? And who is this mysterious Jacques Leblanc? You'll have to find out next time on Dice in a Slice. Scott, what am I saying? Mm. Jazz is eating something. I have a very fizzy strawberry lace. So- I have a very fizzy strawberry <laughs> lace. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. I rolled a 17 to do that.